0: You're listening to Cherishing Scripture Podcast, a podcast that's changing society by cherishing scripture.
1: Why do you need to carry an amulet around in your pocket that says WWJD to remind you what Jesus would do? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's job?
2: But it seems like a lot of men are trying to manufacture this difference as opposed to letting it naturally happen. Exactly. And the Bible, the Bible naturally changes people and makes them different
0: in
3: debates. When you get in a debate with someone, you know that you want a debate when they turn personal. Yeah. They're attacking these preachers that are standing for their liberty. And right. when they can't find anything biblically wrong with this person, they start
1: picking out other things. Yep. And if you don't think that those two things can overpower and overtake you, you're pretending. Right. right. And now here's your hosts. Pastor Brad Bailey, Adam Caps, Zach Taylor, and Jeremy Boggs. Thanks for joining us again today on the Cherishing Scripture podcast. Brad Bailey here with you. We are in the wonderful studios of Brandon Baptist Tabernacle in Brandon, Florida, and we have a new in, a new uh, addition to our podcasting team here. In the middle, we put him there because he hasn't signed his waivers, and we got to make sure nothing no harm comes to him. In the middle is Adam Caps. He's joining us today. It's your first time, right?
2: It is my very first time. Very
1: first time. So we're going to be uh, mm. getting some uh, some new attitude here, some new information <laughs> from Adam. It's going to be wonderful. And then all the way over to the left over there, you see Jeremy Boggs. He's one of our, our, uh, our, our normal flunkies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, behind the microphone at the sound booth is Zachary Taylor. You don't get to see his face, but he uh, chimes in once in a while. With his wonderful input, and uh, he makes us all sound good, so we really appreciate Zach Taylor. Hey guys, we're, I got a name change.
0: Yeah, uh, how do y'all feel about the doctor and the degenerates? There oh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, what about that? Like the, the like Kevin and the
1: like Kevin and the zits? Remember oh that one? yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll go <good> with that. <laughs> so that was a uh, good just, reference right there. Uh, right. Very good reference, man. I'm I'm up on pop culture, bro. I guess so. <laughs> so we're here today. It's Sunday afternoon. Had a great service this morning yeah, in church. Very blessed. And a good altar call, some good response. The Lord's really been working, doing some things in our church, opening the doors of the church tonight for some new members. That's always a blessing, and uh, we're excited about a handful of people going to be joining up with us here. Our church has, has been blessed through the whole COVID thing. You know, I know a lot of churches that have just been decimated. I mean, just absolutely decimated by the situation. But we've been we've been very blessed here. We've mm-hmm. been very blessed. God has been good to us. So we are pressing on. In our study of the book of Galatians, I don't recall how many verses are in chapter number 6, but we're getting close to the end. 18 verses in chapter 6, and we are today, if the Lord's willing, going to try to tackle verses 7 and 8. These are common verses. A lot of people know them. A lot of people quote them. Uh, but it's like a, a lot of other unfortunate verses. They get quoted many times out of context. And so let me let me quote the verses. Let me give it, read the verses and then we'll try to put them in their context and have some good robust discussion. Everybody on board? Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. So Galatians 6-7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's verses 7 and 8. And so contextually, uh, we just last week talked a a little bit about this issue of compensating a pastor. Uh, That's based on the Apostle Paul's words in verse number six. Let him that is taught in the word, that's the congregation, communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And that word communicate is a financial term. It's referring to uh, financially compensating a pastor who has been faithful in the teaching of the word. So Paul endorses that idea. He says it's it's permissible. Uh, the uh, a teaching pastor is is in um, maybe maybe the word entitled is uh, the wrong word here to use, but he is at least uh, uh, worthy of the resources of the church when it comes to financial support. And back in that day, you understand that we're not talking about you know a debit card or a or anything. You know, I mean there there were occasions back in that day where. Uh, people actually rewarded the Apostle Paul. We didn't say this last week, so this would be a good discussion. There were occasions where people rewarded the Apostle Paul with some um, with some work. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case you remember of uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they were tent menders. And so the Apostle Paul, having shared that same profession, he meshed together really, really well with those guys, and they, they were able to throw him some profitable work mm-hmm. to help him with his ministry. So we're not just talking about... You know, we're not just talking about currency. We're not talking about, you know, money changing hands and some some type of a gift like that being given. Although that's permissible, Mm -hmm. there were numerous ways that they compensated pastors back in those days, like the Apostle Paul, and he was always appreciative, always appreciative. We find him in the closing of almost every letter, we find him mentioning something financial in almost all of his letters, which again is another reason why... um, you know, just if we want to chase a rabbit here, that's another reason why I'm skeptical skeptical about people talking about him being the author of Hebrews because Hebrews does not close that way. Mm. And so here we have him again, like he did with Thessalonica, like he did with the Romans. He's saying hello to Harry and goodbye to Mary, and he's talking about financial blessings. Uh, the reason I'm bringing that up today, guys, is because that leads us into the teachings of verse number seven: Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Uh, contextually, this it's not accidental that that follows the statement of verse number 6. And so if you put verses 6, 7, and 8 together, as they're intended to be understood, the Apostle Paul is making a promise to the Galatians that if they are generous and if they're considerate of God's man and they are, they're giving to him as they should – uh, God takes notice of that, and God will bless them to reap what they have sowed. Yeah. And so there's a there's a context here. It's uh, this is one of those unfortunate passages, and another one comes to mind also. And I don't want to just ramble on here, but another one comes to mind also. Philippians was it four thirteen? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Yeah. If you look at the context of that one, uh, the apostle actually says, you know, I think I'm just going to go there.
0: Um, Is that the one where he talks about he's learned how to be a base? He he uh, he talks about contentment.
1: I'm not sure. Let me see. Mm -hmm. I want to look at the surrounding context because I can't remember if that's part of it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Philippians 4.10, okay, beginning there. That's a paragraph beginning. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished. He's thanking them for an offering. I think we could agree. Your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And then he says, I know how to be abased and exalted and so on and so forth. And then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Um, that's, you know what, there's another one here, though. It's 419 nineteen um, yeah. Okay. So in the context, he's talking about your communication with me, your financial generosity, and then he makes a promise in verse nineteen. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying you took care of God's man; God will take care of you. Right. So yeah, we've had some negative comments about last week's podcast. You know, uh, you know, Jesus didn't receive a salary and so on and so forth and You know, sometimes those things are just um, we just kind of let it roll off our back like water off Mm -hmm. a duck's back. You know, we kind of know mm that's not
3: true, though. Yeah, because there was a someone had the money bag in their group.
1: Yeah, it's of course it was Judas.
3: So Judas had the money bag. So so there was a collection,
1: and there were there were expenses, and there were uh, there were funds there to take care of some of the needs of that ministry team. That's exactly right.
3: Yeah. So I mean, but some people just like to use the Bible to think they can get up one on you, but. Yeah, we actually yeah, yeah but <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's one of those things. It's people like to bring up stuff like that, and, and it sometimes it. I'm just like, the Bible transcends ages and time, but it's like you also at the same time you have to understand the living expenses then or how they lived then was different. Of I course. mean. Jesus would travel and stay with people or sleep on a boat or whatever the case may be. Right. So the need and even if you want to use Paul for an example, the need for a actual home to stay in wasn't really there because they were traveling so much. The foxes yeah. have holes and birds have nests. Right. Yeah, exactly. The so so their, they they were traveling so much. I mean, really a home would have been kind of Yeah. Right. But Strange. in the
1: same, you know, and we didn't intend really to get hung up on this, and I don't want to hang us up on it, but in the same train of thought, when he's talking to the Corinthians, uh, which, by the way, was a wealthy church, mm-hmm. and when he's talking to the Corinthians, he talks to, talks to them about two things, about missions foreign, and he talks about missions local. And the missions foreign, we get that. You collect your funds those funds do not stay in the general fund of the church. They go outside of the church. It's, it's for another church to be planted somewhere else. Missions local, the Apostle Paul said, have we not power to lead about a wife or a sister? And he goes on and on and talks about the financial expectations of that type of a lifestyle. So he, he could live cheap because he was single. Right. Uh, I think it was married and his wife died. Uh, He could live cheap because he was single, but he is suggesting in that passage that when it comes to financial consideration, a pastor should be compensated well enough to take care of a wife, he uses that term, and then he says possibly a sister, meaning if his biological sister's husband has died and she has been yielded to his care to be taken care of, he should be compensated well enough to be able to minister to his domestic family needs, whatever they may be. Yeah. So, in the, in today's world, that may mean a special needs child, mm-hmm, right. or that may mean a pastor who has maybe if he's diabetic or if he is uh, he has some kind of a of, of a disease that he has to tend to. Maybe maybe he's like the apostle Paul. Maybe he's almost blind, yeah. and he's having to deal with that handicap. Um, Paul said it is honorable for the church to compensate him and to make sure that he's taken care of and to I think it's degree
0: we talked about being bivocational and you still do stuff uh, you still yeah. work do pest control and stuff like that Yeah. and I, I can tell you just from experience my dad was um, when we first got the church uh, there was I believe six people in the church not counting my family so there was the deacon and his wife the treasurer and his wife and another deacon and his wife and that, that was the church and it, it went down dwindled down to nothing so my dad worked sure. uh, and he did the best he could but i can tell you just and this isn't as a slight towards my father or anything but the amount of attention and focus he needed to put on the church he couldn't because he was working uh, at that time he owned a paint business so he was working 50 60 hours a week painting and then coming home and dealing with his family and then also still having to prepare sermons. so the the quality i mean it kind of goes to the reaping and sowing i guess you could say the the amount of time the pastor can truly take especially if he's a good pastor i guess you should qualify it with that sure if uh, if it's a pastor that's doing what he's supposed to and investing his time into the word i mean you definitely reap the benefits of financially compensating them so they absolutely. don't have to work a secondary job and absolutely uh, and, and
1: again paul's comment on that was if he has this is 1st corinthians again i can't i think it's 15 but it, it, the Paul's comment was if he has ministered to you of spiritual things is it any surprise or is it any mystery to you that he should be able to reap from you your carnal things mm-hmm. and he's not about, he's talking about not talking about carnal in terms of sinful he's talking about carnal things in terms of fleshly need right and so Paul said this is not a mystery this is not a this is not a complicated matter if he has been beneficial to you in spiritual things uh, we should be willing to open our purse and be beneficial to him in in, uh, in material things.
2: So This is somewhat new, reading this verse in this yeah. particular context. I'm only just now learning it. But with the knowledge of this context, uh, verse 8 sort of backs that up, yeah. where it says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Everybody reads that very Correct. negatively. But in reality, people have fleshly needs, They've got things that they've got got to have a home. They've got to have clothes and and all of these things. But what happens to your home after it's been around for about 20 years? Yeah. It corrupts. Right. It starts falling apart. Well, everything in this world really does. Exactly. So the point, I think, being made here is that, well, you should definitely make sure you're sowing also to spiritual things because that doesn't corrupt.
1: Life everlasting. It'll last forever. Yeah.
3: And so verse 7 is almost like a warning then. It says, be not deceived. Because uh, God is not mocked. So that means you can't deceive God. Yeah. So he knows whether you're taking care of your pastor, or whether you're taking care of not. And he says, and he says fine, you don't want to take care of your pastor, you're going to reap what you sow. Right. That means you, I'm not, that means I'm not going to take care of you. Yeah. You want to yep. know why your house is falling apart? You didn't take care of the man. And I
1: have seen that firsthand. I have watched people who almost starved a man of God and their church suffered for that spiritually. Yep. They really paid a price for that spiritually because, um, you know, okay, for example, if your dying cousin who has COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, needs an immediate witness, I mean, he's on, he's in the 11th hour of his life, and he's about to pass away, and you call your pastor and you say, hey, hey preacher, can you see my cousin? And your pastor says, I'm sorry, I'm out delivering papers, or I'm sorry, I can't come. I'm, I've clocked into my job, and I don't have any time off. I can't be there. Um, that's where the spiritual disadvantage is going to come in is, is the lack of a, You were talking about that this morning, Jeremy, in Sunday school, the, the lack of availability of a pastor can have spiritually detrimental consequences. And that, I think that's along the lines of what he's talking about. But, you know, I look at it also like this. I think verse number seven is a cast net. Mm-hmm. He's aiming at one particular school of fish there, right? But then verse number eight is the broad net. You know, it's the the sane net or the drag net where this covers everything. Whatever you sow, you sow to your flesh, you're of the flesh going to reap corruption. You sow to the Spirit, you're of the, of the Spirit going to reap life everlasting. And that so happens to also include how you treat your pastor. Yeah. So, so that, that's the way I'm seeing it there.
3: So it goes back to hmm. what he stated before in chapter 5, the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So yeah. could, could and, and we could
1: also throw in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Same context. Yeah.
3: Could could these groups of verses be the same thing when Jesus was saying, and I could be taking these out of contents where he said um, he was talking. He said that when you took care of me, you let like when you you know what I'm talking about. The verses where he said you let yeah. me in when I was sleeping, yeah, or when you was clothed
1: like, me when I was naked, fed yeah. me when I was hungry, and gave me water when I was thirsty. And they said, wherein have we done these things unto thee? And he said, in the in that you have done it to the least of these my little ones, you have also done it unto me. So same same kind of exact talk. Exactly, because and and the reverse of that is also true, because you remember in the Old Testament they were giving Moses a hard time. Mm-hmm. They were the Old Testament used the word chiding with Moses, and when they were confronted about that, you recall that it did not say why are you chiding with Moses. The confrontation was why do you chide with the Lord? Mm-hmm. So God treats God. Um, uh, God ascertains the treatment of God's man in some way and in some con- context, similarly to how you're treating the Lord. Right. You, if you remember when the, when Paul was Saul of Tarsus mm-hmm. and he had killed Christians,
3: and Jesus shows up and, and says, Jesus
1: came and said, "Why persecutest thou me?" Yeah. He didn't say anything about persecuting Christians. He said, "Why are you?" So the body of Christ, the church of of God, is uh, is mm-hmm. either abused. Or treated righteously and godly, mm-hmm. and that's the context here. Let us not be weary in well doing. We need to keep sowing good seed. Uh, if it's if it's in the life of our pastor or in the, the life of a missionary or into the general fund of the church or whatever the case is, take advantage of every opportunity because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Yep. So
2: there's something uh, didn't I can't remember. I'm trying to find the verse, but Jesus also said that about uh, um, when. Uh, men hate you, they hated me first. I don't know what right. I'm looking for, something like yeah. that. Yeah, in
1: Matthew 13, I think it is, uh, he said, don't be surprised when they hate you, they hated me first.
2: Matthew 13. Yeah,
1: so there's a there is a, there's a a direct line, a straight line drawn to the way the church is treated, and God interprets that as how he's being treated. If you treat the church harshly, God sees that as you treating him. I mean, if him. you want to
0: follow that back in history, that goes all the way back to Samuel. Yeah. I mean, the way Samuel was treated in the Old Testament, and God said... Don't don't take it personally. They're not rejecting you. Right. They're
1: rejecting me. They didn't reject you. They rejected me. That's, that's exactly that's right. It's the same
3: so. way in Daniel chapter five when Belshazzar drank from the vessels of God. That's like a that is like a symbol of not. Of, if you abuse God's vessels, what happened to him? God killed him. Late right. at the end of that chapter, God killed him for abusing his vessels. That's right. And that's the same way for us. If we start abusing God's vessels or abusing God's man, not taking care of him, you better be careful. Be yeah. not deceived.
1: Yeah, and you know, you get the first uh, the uh, what is it? Second Timothy five or First Timothy five? I can't remember the, um, you know, uh, the, the elders that rule well, the minister in the word, they're worthy of double honor. It's all it's all talked about financial compensation, you yeah. know. So, uh, you know, th- this is this needs to be said. I mean, it probably goes without saying, but it definitely needs to be said here before this thing wraps up. Uh, you know, in no way are we advocating. You know the multi-millionaire pastor syndrome that we're facing. We're not talking about that. So you don't
3: want to be Creflo Dollar? I'd love to be Creflo Dollar. (laughs) I think he's he dresses great, Gucci clothes, and and drive a or that David Taylor guy. Remember that guy we watched in Bible College?
1: But the thing is, is is there's the reason why this is so nauseating to some people is because this has been abused so much, and I get that. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. But there is no way to dismiss the argument here when you take care of God's man God takes special attention to that gives special attention to that and he will not let that go unrewarded God will take care of you right and so that's the i think that's the context where we are so we covered 6 7 8 and 9 actually just 7 8 and 9 together and kind of did a little review here in verse number 6 that's a pretty good chunk guys mm-hmm. and uh, we'll move on lord willing next time Verse number 10, as we have therefore—well, hey, man, let's just throw in verse 10 right now in the 10 seconds. As we therefore have opportunity, verse 10, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Mm -hmm. I think it's all one unit. Yep, Got to take care of the church. Got to take care of God's man. Uh, You sow that. God will make sure that you reap a blessing for it. uh, So— Adam, man, you didn't say a whole lot. No, you no, just I kind didn't. of get in your. I, near, I uh, think
2: it mostly was because um, personally, until very recently, I didn't understand the context. But yeah. after hearing it and reading this now, I, I I see it in a completely different light. Yeah, and that's probably one of the most beautiful things about scripture. And that, and that's the thing there. about
1: our that's the thing about our <laughs> podcast. I mean, we're we're biblical here. We're not interested in grinding axes and you know no. throwing uh, accusations at all these other guys. We're we're interested in just just talking scripture. And if those things come up, we'll talk about it. But we're not going to. You know we're not going to bypass five chapters of the Bible so we can talk about some controversial things. So hey, thanks for coming. We're going to get you back in here next week with us as well. And um, it's good to be here. Yeah, man, it's good. we're glad to have you. We're Thank glad you. to have you. So the formats vibrant. are still there. You can catch us on all the where you wherever you find podcasts. You can grab us on those, especially YouTube. That's my favorite one. That's why I always mention it. You can search for Brandon Baptist Tabernacle or Cherishing Scripture Podcast there, and uh, take advantage. There's hours and hours and hours of, of information there on YouTube. The website, Brandon Baptist tabernacle.com literally hundreds of hours of preaching and teaching and singing. It's it's free. You can download it. You can distribute it, whatever you like to do. We don't have any charge for any of those things. So take advantage of the website today, and uh, we're going to join back in here, Lord willing, next time and enjoy some, uh, some more Scripture together here on the Cherishing Scripture podcast. Mm.